Welcome to Drunk Watching, our weekly pop culture podcast where we sip on a little something and talk about the films and TV shows we're watching right now. I'm Brittany Danielle, and I'm a writer and pop culture junkie. And I'm Andrea Renee, a lover of pop culture, Brittany's perennial plus one, and still on the road. <laughs> Forever on the road. Can you believe? Oh my God, I only spent six days in my own house in September. Oh, wow. I can't. I don't know why I just thought yeah. we were going to say 2018, but <laughs> still. Oh, oh, Jesus. That's, that's very few. That is very few. Um, uh, today, we are gathered here to discuss season three, episode eight, the season finale of Insecure Ghost Like. But before we get to that, this episode of Drunk Watching is brought to you by the House of 334 a creative services firm that specializes in creating beautiful brands for badass entrepreneurs. If you have copy, social media, or design needs, holler at the ladies at the house at houseof334.com or slide into their inbox at houseof334 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to sponsor Drunk Watching, shoot us an email at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Drunk Watching. Once again, please, 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 and shout out to all of you guys who have already subscribed to Drunk Watching on your favorite podcast platform. We are everywhere on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and a few other ones that I don't, I don't use, but you might. So look us up, hit the subscribe button, and if you can leave us a review, please, 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 please do that. And also, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends to tune in, to, to subscribe, send them the link whenever a new episode drops. Um, we really appreciate it. And we really appreciate the um, feedback we've been getting so far, particularly on Twitter um, and our Instagram. So if you would like to join the conversation, once again, we're at Drunk Watching Everywhere or slide into our inbox at hello, drunkwatching at gmail.com. Uh, you know how we like to get started every episode by talking about what's in our cup. So, Andrea, what, what are you sipping on tonight? I am sipping on, I took it back to the 90s with a little tangeray, so I, I did gin again, um, but gin and tonic. So, it's a, uh, a good little homemade okay. gin and tonic over here, yes. Okay, okay. And I'm what about you? It's super simple tonight. Keeping it super, super simple. I have a glass of, uh, what is this? I was going to say 19 crowns is what I had, but no. Uh, a glass of Menage a Trois red wine. It's just the red blend, the California red blend. Keeping it very low key on this lovely Tuesday evening. So if you are Tangeray or if you are uh, Menage a Trois wines or if you are any brand of spirit or alcohol or something else, and you want us to talk about your particular product, uh, providing that we like it, I'm not here trying to, you know, chill something that's not that's not good that I wouldn't use myself. But if you would like to sponsor us, hit us with an email at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com. What are we watching right now? What did we watch this week? Of course, Love and Hip Hop. Loving Hip Hop Hollywood, specifically. And, I mean, nothing really was going on this episode, in my opinion, either. But more of 
the girls not getting along in London. I was really glad to see that Bridget stood up for herself uh, and said, like, hey, you guys came outside and killed my press. Now, yes, the bloggers were trash for bringing up, you know, the the sex tape or whatever or in the manner that they did. But none of that would have happened had they not come outside. And uh, Brooke was the ringleader with that. And she's supposed to be Bridget's homegirl. Yeah. So and I was she glad she talked about it. Was acting like she didn't do anything wrong. Like, oh, your interview was going to be boring. And I'm like, girl, I, I don't know what her deal is. Um, her antics with Marcus, you know, was or were comical because they were so ridiculous. But her de- her dealings with everybody else have just been really, really shady. Um, uh-huh. And again, like, I don't know why these people are friends. And I was on the live tweet on the drunk watching page this week, watching Love and Hip Hop. And all of the girls, like their cattiness, their whatever, like their that whole their whole storyline is boring to me. Um, it's because it's so old and catty and it's not interesting. Like you guys are arguing for what? They just seem to be bringing up things just to argue about them. Like, um, what was it? Oh, when they were playing Never Have I Ever. And Brooke's going to be like, who never have I ever slept with Solo Lucci? Like, and then it became a whole big thing because apparently Solo Lucci told Marcus that he and Nikki, I think that's her name, were were hanging out or whatever they're doing. Um, And then that became a thing. But like, why is that even, he ain't nobody's man. So why why are they being... It's not even dramatic. <laughs> like, you're just trying to put this girl's dating situation on Front Street, and maybe she didn't want to talk about it yet. So, And I sure wouldn't have wanted to. Not with that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, Marcus and Brooke, both of them talk too much. Like, I mean, shout out to Pillow Talk or being able to talk to your dude or being able to talk to your girl about stuff that's going on. But that really should stay between the two of you. Nobody should know that you guys are swapping information if that's what you choose to do. But both of them are like, oh, well, Brooke said, you know, that Lyrica was flirting with uh, Safari or, you know, now here she is, of course, throwing some stuff out that she got from Market. So it's just, yeah, it's totally messy. And like I said, it's not even entertaining anymore. And I think next week, I don't even know, it was this week um, that Monique actually made that same point. Like, you know, We go at it like this, and it's hard to determine which bonds are real and which ones are fake. And I'm like, girl, I mean, I don't know if you're saying that for TV, but all of y'all's bonds are fake. (laughs) I don't see anything real uh, between them. At any given time, somebody's going to come for somebody or say something shady or put their business out there so that they can have a storyline. And it's just, it's trash. Yeah, it's trash. Um, getting to the things we actually like, uh, we still are not at the bottom of <laughs> Lyrica A1 Safari, but now we've added Rockstar to the mix, and I really dislike him. Um, there's one thing to be, you know, messy or whatever, which 
Ray J is, there's another to be just flat out unlikable, <laughs> which Rockstar is. And it's so funny because when Ray J was trying to, in, or inviting him to like, daddy time or whatever father's club father club friday or whatever it was called um jesus um when he invited him to father's friday whatever the little dad meetup was um rockstar was like having my son changed my life and i was like where changed you how because you're a trash person so i can't like did he make you less of a trash person because you're you're very much so a trash person right now so like he just aggravates me like he's another one that just is catty and not entertaining I don't understand I don't understand what he's about in his life well with Safari he at least is playing this back and forth cat and mouse thing but Rockstar is flat out saying that he slept with Lyrica and that <laughs> and and the guys are kikiing about it until Marcus goes, well, like, really, this isn't funny. And it's really not. Like, if you guys are supposed to be brothers, and the one thing I can say across Love and Hip Hop, uh, the cities, across the franchise, the guys usually will stick together. Like, the women, of course, this is done over and over and over. And they're fighting, they're not fighting, they're fighting, they're not fighting. But the guys usually stick together. And I have liked the Hollywood, you know, male group probably more than any others until now. Because, you know, there definitely is a breakdown, of course, in the friendship between the original Three Amigos. And now you're adding these other dudes who, like you said, I mean, Rockstar. I'm just like, who are you? I'm still trying to figure out who you are. but. Yeah, absolute trash. Putting her business out there. If it's the truth, it still sucks to be putting it out there and laughing about it. If it's a lie, that's even worse. Yeah, and I don't even believe him. I think he's the type of person that's just a liar and and a terrible trash person. So I really want to know how his, his child has changed his life because I don't see it. And then we got to Big Lyrica and... Um, what is A1's mom's name? Pam. Big Lyrica and Pam. Uh, I don't, Jesus. Like, <laughs> they seemed to come to some kind of a, like, uh, understanding. And then, you know, they were talking about it. And at the bottom of it all, Pam, I guess, felt left out um, of the, the coming baby stuff and so they you know I I don't know they seem to put their differences behind them and then they were gonna have a glass of wine out on the beach and Big Lyrica pulled out a little video of the uh, sonogram I guess of Lyrica's baby and um or ultrasound I guess I had a kid and I'm guessing they're the same thing um (laughs) (laughs) And Pam was upset, like, why wasn't I there? And then it turned into, like, so should we have a DNA test? And then a chair. Chairs were thrown, and the old woman, the mamas was fighting. And I'm just kind of like, how did that escalate so quickly? They were, they were, they had just overcome their 
seeming problem, which I'm not sure what it is other than both of them seem to go hard for their children, which is admirable. But it's just, I don't know. This week just felt like not as fun as I was hoping or not as like entertaining or whatever as I was hoping. Because the last episode had been boring. Like the whole London trip is dumb. Um, Paris, (laughs) just when I was about to be like, at least she's not talking about circumcision. She mentions it. Um, (laughs) Like everything has been kind of womp, womp, womp lately. And then I was like, okay, we're going to get back on track to like another messy but entertaining episode and what we got was just messy and pathetic episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why i started out my commentary with you know i really wasn't moved this episode either um on the subject of the moms i just think they need to act their ages like ladies really to be fighting like that i I mean, I was really impressed that they decided to kind of let bygones be bygones. I, I didn't even think we would get there. So I was glad to see that. I can see how Pam would feel left out. Um, and I was kind of back and forth in my brain, like, well, you know, when we talk about this, how do I really feel? You know, I, but I don't feel like Big Lyrica showed it to her to be messy. Like, how I was there, you weren't. Um, I'm thinking she's trying to use it to bring them together. But on the other side, you know, if you were a mother and you were left out, you know, you could feel a particular kind of way. But Pam is not taking ownership of the fact that, you know, at every turn she really has questions. And then even after that, you question the paternity up the kid and so you probably had more to do with the fact that you weren't invited and that's something you need to take up with your son and not be attacking this other lady who was trying to be nice like for once she really was trying I feel and you know almost got a chair thrown at her so these moms and her yeah. wigs oh my god the blonde god. wig even though she shouldn't be wearing a blonde wig it was placed nicely like if it was any other color, it probably would have worked. It was placed nicely, but the wig she had on, like, at the beach, I was sliding all down her forehead. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am. And ma'am. Yeah, both of them depressed me. They make me sad. Um, (laughs) They make me sad. Take a sip on that note. Right, like, y'all just outgrow this. Um, let's see what else. I did not watch Married to Medicine this week, so I cannot comment. I meant to, but then I fell asleep. Oh, um, I, know last I didn't week watch we them. Gonna... Oh, you did? Anything interesting mm-hmm. happened this well, last yeah, episode? I, I, I caught up, but I was trying to figure out, yeah, like, what happened on the last episode? I remember watching the Fit Me episode, and then last night, what happened? I Now, ooh, that lets you know. It wasn't that memorable. I believe I remember, you know, Contessa's like um, dealing with her dad's health. And so it's making her look more introspectively at her own health. And she reveals like she's had some masses in her breasts that, you know, she's finally getting removed. Um, I think that was like the most poignant part of the episode to me I really am drawing a blank which is crazy because I watched well, it last getting, night she's um, getting a mastectomy like she's I believe she's getting a double mastectomy like 
she's taking off her breast. Oh, so she's um, taking everything away. Okay. Yeah, because her mom died of breast cancer. So <clears throat> she, you know, and being a doctor, like she knows that, or she feels like the chance of her getting it is very, very high. And so she doesn't want to, you know, go through that mm. and then potentially leave her children um, without their mom. Like she was left without her mom. Um, so I believe like from that Fitney episode, if I remember correctly, she said she was getting a double mastectomy. Um, so that's great. That, so that made Toya look even smaller to me <laughs> and her hang up about this dumb party that nobody cares about anymore. Like all of these things, like, and then they'll, when they had that whole blow up and quad, they were mad at her because she didn't want to share what was going on. Like, why right. would you want to share anything with these people? They will just use and, it against and Simone, you. I was so surprised at Simone, um, but I'm glad you mentioned Toya because that jogged my memory about what else happened in this episode. She and Contessa did sit down to have a conversation. So um, I guess it was yeah, during they the Fitney episode. Again. They sit down again. Okay, maybe this because, was all. Maybe maybe the episodes are running together. Maybe yeah, I maybe in, I did not watch yesterday. Then in the fitness, episode, it, you saw like, when they sat down the end, at the restaurant, yeah, and that okay. and I went left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I didn't watch it then. I watched I I watched episodes yesterday to catch up. So maybe I didn't watch the new one. Maybe what I thought was uh, the new one wasn't. So. Mm, Guess we are not caught up. <laughs> man, that's why I can't remember anything past it. Because that's all I saw. But even that was crazy. Yeah. Toya is, she always uh, over-exaggerates her own importance, though. So there's that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, we watched Napoli Ever After before. And because we got, we got, we got deep into Cosby and, all kind of stuff last week. We didn't really talk about it, but um, what did you think of the film? I liked it. I told someone I felt in places like I was watching something new all over again. I don't know if you've seen that movie where um, Sonia Lathan winds up. Okay, cool. Then that's how I felt. I was like, I've seen this already. Um, You know, not exactly, but it just kind of gave me those vibes in certain places. But I did like it. Uh, it definitely amplified the relationship that many Black women have uh, with their hair, starting from just kind of knee high. And I thought about like all the things that we have endured over the years, from you know anybody who has had the creamy cracks, if you you know did do a press press situations, flat irons, colored. Uh, cuts, all of the above, not being able to swim um, or sweat or have a good time. I believe I was with you um, early in my natural journey or maybe somewhere along uh, that journey. And it started to rain somewhere where we were. And it was like the first time in my life that I didn't feel the need to like, oh my God, let's run for the car. Like I was like, oh, it's raining. Okay, you know, and I could totally identify with the freedom that comes with that. And I've been back and forth a whole lot of times over the years. Over my hair, I was actually just feeling a certain kind of way today because I noticed 
I was like, my hair is thinning in certain places. And I think because I do more with my hair now, with it being in its natural state, I can tell as opposed to, you know, someone else does my hair over, you know, over the years, I probably would not be as in tune. And so I was just thinking like, oh my Lord, you know, what do you, what do you do now? Or what kind of styles do you wear? What do I need to do? Do I need to go find somebody? Do I need to take some pills? There's so many things that we think about and go through, and many of us do when it, you know, comes to your hair. I also could, uh, I looked at the part where she did, you know, actually cut her hair off and, and kind of what that did to her. And I thought about many times, it seems easy enough, like, let's just take it all off. But, you know, me, I felt like, you know, Am I going to still be attractive? Uh, am I, you know, so when I watched that, I was looking like, yeah, people are passing you by. They're not really paying you any attention. Even going from, you know, bone straight hair to, you know, often curly hair. You know, I wear my hair most of the time for a ponytail or something like that. Um, I get a lot of compliments, but there really is nothing like, wearing straight hair whether it's yours or someone else's like the the type of looks and comments and different things that you get and so it was uh watching that to kind of replay those moments for me but generally you know I like I didn't like how it ended um but other than that (laughs) I thought it was a decent movie yeah, I mean, I, so I'm a sucker for rom-coms. I like rom-coms. Even when they're bad, I will still watch them. So, like, Baggage Claim, <laughs> for instance. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I will, you know, if nothing else is on TV and Baggage Claim is on TV, I'm going to watch Baggage Claim. And I might not even, you know, flip over to Netflix and see what else. Like, it's. I think it's something about romantic comedies that I enjoy and I like seeing them with black folks and so that's one of the things like I would love to see more of like good rom-coms featuring black people because we deserve everybody else not even everybody else white folks got them um everybody else does not have them so I would like to see some diverse rom-coms let me put that out there so I was excited to see Napoli Ever After because I did read the books back in the day, like way back in the day when they first came out. So I can't even compare and contrast because I didn't like go back to read the book to see because I don't think it really matters. Um, <laughs> Sanaa Latham is Lathan is very beautiful. Like every time she's in something, I'm like, oh my God, like she's gorgeous. And like her dad said in the film, like she's gorgeous with short hair. She has a good headboard. And, you know, I thought um, the guy's character was a little too hoteppy and like over the top a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like brothers want something real, like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, do they really? Because we know if we look at Instagram and the things that they be looking at, Brothers might say they want something real, but okay. Um, right. But, you know, that was a little weird to me. Um, and with the exception of the park scene, I felt like they didn't really have as much chemistry as I would hope. But her, her living dude, first of all, he's fine. And 
I was mm-hmm. happy that they kept, I was happy they kept his British British accent. But he was a jerk. Like even when they circle back around, he was a jerk. And I was like, oh my God. This is yeah. crazy. Um but you know, it's it's it was interesting. I enjoyed it and um I'm here for it, I guess. No, I'm definitely here for it because I'm I'm always here for more portrayals of of us on the screen. Uh-huh. So I I would hope Netflix would like there's another um there's a British film coming, but it's a musical. It's based on a play. Um uh-huh. and it started did you ever did you watch Chewing Gum? The British show Chewing Gum? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. No. It start it's starring the lead from Chewing Gum and it's another rom com but in, in a musical. And so I'm I'm curious to see that one. Um and that's a Netflix production. So we do shout out to Netflix. They have more things coming and I'm excited to see what else is out there. So I while we're while we're taping, I have my T V on, which I probably shouldn't do. But I have it on to own because I realized like black love is on right now. And then I just saw a commercial mm-hmm. that Will Packer has a show coming on own about something about relationships. So that should be cool. Um, I know that in, because insecure is wrapping up, <laughs> we are in need of a new anchor and we have one, but that could also add some more things to talk about to our list. Love it. I, love I think it. it's called Ready, Ready to Love or something like that. But I, I couldn't tell from the commercial if it was a sitcom or if it was a, um, <clears throat> okay, it says drama. So it, it's a scripted show. Great. <laughs> I just okay. Googled it real fast. Okay. So it was a scripted show. So that's, that should be dope. I'm here for it. Oh, wait. Uh, so, no. For, unscripted. Oh, no. It's an unscripted dating series from a male perspective. Oh. Okay. Well, that should be good. That should still be well, good. Um, we will see. Like we said, we're I'm here for the, it. for the male perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to see what you guys have to say. So, yeah, generally, we, we like Napoli. Um, it was something I wanted to say. Uh, oh, yeah, the park scene, as you mentioned. I thought that was like the best scene. I was like, oh my God, he's massaging mm-hmm. his scalp. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved it. Then I wanted to smell whatever that was. I was like, whatever it is. I, <laughs> I want to know what that smells like. Right. Uh, but I like that guy. Right. He was on uh, in Acrimony. That was the first time I've seen him on uh, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Um, he's also lyric, in um, something or other. Lyric Vent. He's also in There you um, go. She's, she's Gotta Have It on the Netflix show. Okay, yeah, I didn't finish that one. <laughs> episode yeah, he one. Is, he's the series Eternally guy. in episode one. Uh, okay. uh, I, may, I may try, Yeah, I probably that won't. Show, <laughs> I watched the whole season, and it has so much promise, but uh, I hope that... <laughs> I hope that it's better in season two. It had a lot of problems. Some people really liked it. Some people didn't. Um, I couldn't remember the film version. So after I watched the series, I ended up rewatching the film. Um, probably because it came out when I was a small child <laughs> and I wasn't watching it then. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think over the years, I was kind of like black and white. Mm-mm. But 
Right. I, I ended up watching it after I watched the series. And they basically transferred the movie to a series in 2017 or whenever, and, but, but didn't really update the language. So a lot of spots, it just sounds really dated, but it's set in, in current day. So it would be like, mm. um, he has some line where he's, he's talking about, let's smoke some Chiba. Like I have, first of all, I haven't heard Chiba since his <laughs> <Fuji's> album. <laughs> Chiba, Chiba, y'all. Like, right. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually use the word Chiba when they mean weed. Um, so, yeah, it was just stuff like that. And it was kind of his character. It was kind of like over the overacting Negro ensemble. So, like, kind of laying it on. You know, Spike cannot do anything that's not super heavy handed. And so mm-hmm. I felt like he tried to tackle every social issue from gentrification, to Donald Trump to butt implant to polyamorous love relationship. Like he threw everything in there instead of taking it slower and letting the story naturally develop. Like the cast is good. They're all beautiful. It's shot beautifully. The music is beautiful. Like there's so many things that should make it a a really great show, but I feel like the writing, which is the main thing for the show, (laughs) is the thing that's Uh holding it back. So I hope for season two, they get that part right. because it's really, really nice to look at. I'll say that. Okay, well, one time for Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited to get into this season finale episode. But of course, with talking about the season finale is the realization that this was the last show. And we talked last week about what would be our new anchor show and we posted it on Instagram and Twitter. And just if you peruse Twitter right now, it's blowing up like crazy for this is us. This is us Mm -hmm. is trending already. We're trying to avoid spoilers on the West coast. So that is going to be our new anchor show that we talk about on a weekly basis. And then we'll sprinkle in some of the other things that we're watching. I do want to say this. It wasn't on our list, but I remembered it. Braxton Family Values, only because of Iyanla Van Zandt. So I don't know if you watch the show or not. I watch it sporadically, but because I knew she was coming, I was like, I got to watch this episode. And so I think we're between a two-parter right now. So where they left off, you know, she had just read Tamar for pure filth. Uh, and so I was here for it. And I was like, get them together, auntie. Get them together. So the family is sitting down again. I mean, you say you don't watch it, but they have sat down with T.D. Jakes. They sat down with uh, Dr. Sherry. I don't know her last name, but she's been on some other shows. I feel like they've sat down with somebody else. But at least those two people. Um, and now here is you know, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> the queen is sitting down with the godmother of self-help and their mom started off as the hardest nut to crack because, you know, Yama wanted everyone buy-in, like, hey, you know, are you going to stay until the end? And she would not commit to it. She's like, you know, kind of, we'll see, we'll see. 
And all I'm going to say really about the sisters, and I, I hope they get their lives together, but their biggest issue really is, or one of their biggest issues really is their mother. Um, they said something very poignant about, you know, how mothers are sacred in the black community, right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, you don't talk about nobody's mama. You don't talk about your mama. You keep, you know, whatever happens in your household, stays in your household, all these various things. Um, that, of course, those of us who watch um, Iyana and what she talks about, the different pathologies and interrupting the pattern, like those things are important to confront. And I think it is going to be very, very hard uh, for the Braxtons to open up about the things that they really need to to begin to heal. Um, but other than the mother, they definitely treat uh, Tracy I don't know where she falls in the line, but they definitely treat her differently. And that's a big issue right now because the rest of the sisters had um, decided not to film, but she decided to keep going. And so they filled in some random characters around her. Like they grabbed Phaedra from um, Housewives of Atlanta and they grabbed Natalie Nunn from Bad Girls Club. Like it was random. New York from, you know, Flavor of Love. They just grabbed some characters and put them in these stupid ass situations until the sisters came back. And now that they're back, you know, they're doing this kind of mediation. So stay tuned uh, for those of you who are watching this week, it will go down uh, where Iyanla, at this point she's, she's decided to leave because you know, she felt disrespected. And so, because I know what happened in real life, I'm assuming, you know, there is going to be some interaction where she changes her mind and then something else is going to happen. So we just have to keep watching. But back to This Is Us. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be the new anchor show. And I'm excited about it. Love the big three. Um, and excited maybe is, I don't know if that's the right word, because, you know, when we watch it, well, when I watch it, my emotions are kind of all over the place. So happy because I enjoy the show, but then I'm like, oh, Lord, they're about to take us for a ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched it. I am totally here for Kevin and Beth's, Beth's cousin. And I thought that she was mad because it was Kevin because, you know, her and Kevin don't really always curl all the way over. Um, but she was mad because of her cousin she was basically like right my cousin the curve. is a trash, a crash, a trash mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> she's a fuck girl I was shocked. she was like my cousin's a fuck girl and she's gonna break your heart and don't do it don't do it i was like oh my god i was not expecting that um yeah i'm always here for for <sighs> this is randall <laughs> This is what this, this is, is Randall. This is Randall and his family. Yeah. Um, so I read an article for Essence, like a couple of things that I hope we see in the new season. Um, one, I hope Deja stops giving them a hard time. And judging from the first episode, um, it looks like she's coming around. But of course, that's not going to be... Um, I don't think it's going to be easy, right? Like, clearly, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine, like she said, like, you're trying to make it seem like our stories are the same, but, like, her father 
abandoned her. Her mother <laughs> abandoned her, like, as a teenager. Like, I can't even, you know, I can't even imagine, like, I have an almost teenager. I can't imagine, even though he gets on my nerves sometimes, <laughs> I can't imagine, like, relinquishing my parental rights to him after raising him for this long you know what I mean so even though her mom was kind of in and out and whatever like they were still together um for most of Deja's life and so I'm pretty sure that's going to have a lot of ramifications on her life and how she kind of fits in with this adoption and and who knows if the adoption is going to go through I can't imagine it not going through but you never know I don't even know what that process is like um I love that Jack is still around (laughs) even though he's dead um I still don't like Miguel I don't care they gotta do a whole lot for me to like Miguel um and the other thing about Kate like one of the things I I was so tired of hearing about her weight and I get it um she's a larger woman and that informs a big part of her life but I wanted them to give her something else in her story besides her weight and it seemed to be like going that way last last season with the singing but then it it came back around to the weight (laughs) and then her and Toby got married or they got engaged and she got pregnant and she got the miscarriage but then they got married anyway um she was kind of working through her issues with her dad so this season I really wanted her to do or have a like talk about something other than her weight because I feel like that yes that's a thing that she deals with clearly but she has to be a a, 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 she's more than her weight you know what I mean like she's funny Mm -hmm. um she's she can sing she has other talents what is her job now? She was like a personal assistant for some famous person. Um, but now I don't know what she does. Um, like I want her to be a more developed character. And so in that first episode, she, you know, she's excited to make a baby and it's not really working out. And she goes to see a fertility doctor. The doctor basically is like, you're too fat for IVF. I'm not doing it. And I was like, oh my God, first of all, yeah. that doctor was just gave it to her plain, but with like <laughs> no chase, like didn't even try to Mm-mm. no bedside manner. And that she was like, yeah, I'm sure you're no. nice, but you're too fat and there's no chance. <laughs> there's a very slim chance right. to get pregnant. So well, she said 90, 90% chance. I thought she was going to say, <laughs> like, a failure. Right. I was like, no, Oh failure. God, there's nothing there. Yeah. And even though Kate was like, I accept that. I still want to try. She was like, mm, no, not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure you do want to try, but I'm not going to do it for you. Right. So by the end of the episode, so she, she changes her mind. Yeah, she changed her mm-hmm. mind by the end of the episode. So looks like at least Kate will have something about IVF and another storyline hopefully that doesn't because I really thought she was gonna be like you know what I'm gonna have um what is that bariatric surgery so I can have my baby <laughs> um right she didn't go there she didn't go there but now I'm worried about Toby because I'm know, very worried about and and that scene where he's like 
you know, he was kind of like going with her. Like, oh, mm-hmm. forget IVF. We're not going to do it. And then when she was like, well, let's do it. He didn't seem excited. No, he definitely didn't seem excited. They mentioned uh, his antidepressants as a part of his low sperm count. And so at the end of the episode, he flushes them. And so I'm assuming that's how we get to that forward. Well, this is not a flashback, a, for, a forward back, for <laughs> flash forward <laughs> of, you know, him kind of like just laying in the bed, stared out the window. And she talked about, you know, adjusting his medication, the doctors adjusting his medication. Also, you know, in last season where his parents talked about, you know, how they found him like that. And it was in relation to his first marriage. But this might be, you know, something that he just deals with as a person. It may not necessarily be situational, but um, I definitely am concerned about him and how he is so willing to do whatever to make Kate happy because she's obviously broken in so many places. But I don't know that she recognizes, you know, that he clearly has some issues as well so we shall see yeah we shall see and the other thing that like I'm not you know I won't I'm team Randall and Beth I really did not care for the most part about Kevin and Kate (laughs) like like if we if we only saw them every other episode if we saw Randall, Beth, Jack, and Rebecca I would be fine um Mm -hmm. So, like, I've never really, like, Kate, for me, has been more interesting than Kevin, because I could never understand what his issue is. Like, you're a talented white man, and you're mad that you didn't get enough attention. I guess, like, as a child, I could see how being overlooked would hurt, you know? But everybody thought, Mm -hmm. like, oh, he was the star football player. Oh, I get that part. But like as a grown up, he's still an actor. He's a popular actor and whatever. And they gave him the drug, the addiction storyline. And that made him slightly more interesting. Um, so I guess, you know, uh, we'll see this whole situation. I hope like Beth's cousin is not a fuck girl with him and that triggers his addiction again. Like that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. So interesting things on the horizon for the Pearson clan. And it looks like we're going to learn more about um, Jack's brother. That might be something right. that, that they dive into. So, I'm, you know, I'm glad that he's still around. Because <laughs> the show without mm-hmm, Jack, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They would need to just up uh, the Randall uh, for it to be a job. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing is, yeah, they keep doing that forward flash with older Randall mm-hmm. and his daughter. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that's about. Um, when they did it right. last season, I thought somebody was like in prison, but now I'm wondering if they're in the hospital. Hospital. Yeah. His mom, yeah. Uh, his mom or her, I, I thought it might be Beth. Well, because of how they oh, did God. it last season, they flashed, right once they did it, they flashed to her face. Like she was laughing and whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't let us be wrong with her. And then, but then, it, you know, Deja was beating the hell out of the windshield. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I thought I was like, maybe it's a prison. 
<laughs> and they're going, you know, they flash forward from this moment where she's vandalized and stuff. And now she's, you know, in jail. But I don't, I don't know for it to be just the two of them. Where's the younger daughter? Where's like, it's not enough for us to be able to be sure about who they are going to see. But because Randall is so much older, I'm going to, well, I don't want to kill off his mom, but I'm going to assume Rebecca might be gone on the glory by then. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe they just did a bad job at aging him. Maybe he's not that old, but I don't know. He looks like what Rebecca is looking like present day. So right. I just assumed it would be somebody, you know, I hope it's not Beth, but either Beth or one of the daughters, one of the other daughters. Oh, man. <sighs> I know. Sorry. So randomly over maybe the week over the weekend or yesterday, somewhere in there, um, I was on Hulu and I started watching the first episode of A Million Little Pieces. Mm-hmm. But it gave me serious this is us vibes. Like it's a different story or whatever, but how they tell the story gave me very, very heavy this is us vibes. Like mm-hmm. it starts with a um can't even say it but like it starts off very emotionally fraught like from the beginning and I was like oh my god like I think I did shed some tears in that show so I will I'll be keeping my eye on that show um okay well I've I've heard a couple people talk about it so maybe uh before I go to bed I can check out the first episode or maybe sometime tomorrow but I wouldn't be surprised I mean this is us is such a smash I was telling somebody the other day and they were talking about you know Bill Cosby and oh it's a conspiracy because he was trying to buy NBC or whatever type situation I was like nobody even watches NBC anymore except for this (laughs) like this is us in my opinion totally saved the network like I don't go on there to watch anything so you know people have their eyes out and they know what others of us are watching and so I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't you know kind of a copycat situation so we'll keep our eyeballs peeled and now I don't want to talk about the the season finale or call it the season finale but it is uh insecure season three episode eight ghost like ghost like and so we decided we're gonna try to <laughs> talk about this more by character uh than by scene so who do you want to who do you want to start with first well who do i want to start with i know who do i want to start with first jesus let's start with isa um because, okay because it's easiest um it's her birth well it's not her birthday when the show opens. when the show opens she's going around market street trying to get her block party off the ground and people are not buying into her idea um I don't know like over the I wasn't so I should have probably been paying attention like are her clothes changing is her hair changing like was this mm-hmm. all in one day <laughs> over how much time was she going around trying to recruit people? Um, I didn't do that. So I'm not exactly sure yeah, how I much think time she did she have spent. some clothes change. I think there was, I don't think it was the same thing each okay. scene. 
But Still, it, it couldn't have been sure that I much time. So Nathan had only been gone ultimately for what, a, a month. A month. And that so part was like be, a month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll get to him. But when, we'll when get there. Back, I was like, a month? I'm still thinking last week he was only gone a week. But yeah. Um, so, so yeah, maybe a couple around. of weeks that passed while she was doing that. Right. She's going door to door and she's getting rejected. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to do something uh, from the ground up. And she comes to that realization. Um, but then she she then tells Molly like she's she's gonna put that idea on hold like she's gonna give up <laughs> and she was very mm-hmm. hype about it and then she gives up because it doesn't work out right away which on one hand is understandable because nobody likes rejection on the other hand I'm like Issa you just came up with this idea it's gonna take longer than right. <laughs> than a couple of weeks and that's a dope idea right right. So it's good that, you know, when Molly does take her out for her birthday um, and they go to the the film screening that she realizes that because the girl basically did what she wants to do, um, put it on events for black people. And I'm glad that she went up to old girl and talked to her and, you know, it reignited her. It reignited her idea and her. her willingness to try to get it together again. Now that I said last week we needed to talk about people in chunks, now I want to not do that. Like, <laughs> I want to just talk organically. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, I don't want to jump. Yeah, I don't want to just jump to the end. Like, mm-hmm. let's do all of Issa so we can kind of pop around. But if we kind of cross, okay. you know, like if we if we talk ahead, like we don't have to necessarily stick scene by scene. We can include more information, I think, to make it a more holistic situation. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. Like I was saying, it probably had been maybe a couple of weeks that passed that she was, um, you know, probably trying to get the paperwork, get get folks to sponsor the event and do whatnot. It, It could not have been a super long period of time, but you know, she just definitely appears to be the type of person that is not going the way she wants it to go or whatnot. Like she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that shit. I'm going to be off to something else. Um, and I think the best part of seeing her idea or something that was reminiscent of her idea is something that we can all learn from is just it's possibility. Like if you see something being done, you know, it's possible. And even if it's hard, you can still do it. And so I'm, I'm glad that she, um, you know, kind of got re-excited about it. It is kind of a uh, shitty, like <laughs> what is ultimately going to happen with these different paths crossing and whatnot. But in that moment, you know, it's like sisterhood and your idea is dope. And, you know, I have these contacts and I'm willing to share those with you. And that moment was super powerful. and with Molly, I saw it early on in the episode. And then of course she addresses it, but, you know, being supportive, it was kind of like, I thought it was about to turn into like that Malibu episode all over again. When, you know, she was like, Oh, thank God, you don't want to do that anymore. And I was like, Oh my God, I hope they don't end up fighting, you know, here. 
But Issa was really, really cool despite, you know, kind of looking at Molly's side, you know, side eyeing her a couple of times um, based on her responses to certain things. And I get it. She, you know, wants her friend to flourish. You know, she's been through a lot. I don't know what these past three seasons have equaled in terms of their time. Like, I don't know if it's been a year or a couple of years. I don't know. Um, but, you know, she's kind of gone from trauma to trauma <laughs> to trauma, um, you know, breakup and, you know, homeless and, and you quit your job and you drive and lift and now you want to, you know, chase after this idea. And for people that are creative or those who have made the leap into entrepreneurship or working for yourself, um, we can comprehend that. And for folks who have not made that leap, or if you are more regimented, it probably seems like the dumbest thing ever in life. And I think that's where Molly is like, oh, my God, my friend has lost her mind. She wants to go, you know, build this business or do this thing. And and it's nice in theory, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to feed her. It's not going to put clothes on her back and so on and so forth. And of course, we see how ambitious Molly is and has been. And even that came to bite her in the tail of this Mm -hmm. episode. So, yeah, so Torian's not on drugs, apparently. Um, Thank God. (laughs) He just don't want to be around Molly. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I guess they're not sleeping together. (laughs) There goes that theory. (laughs) There goes that theory. He just doesn't like Molly. because she was giving off, as he called it, she was coming off aggressive, which I felt some type mm-hmm. of way for her because I feel like if she was a man, he might not have said that. Like, right. he may not have been like, oh, you're, you're aggressive. She would be ambitious versus aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and maybe he wouldn't feel however he's feeling. But at the end of the day, she, she made moves that were, not always on the up and up, like agreeing to work to partner with the ladies, but then ditching them for Torian, <laughs> who ended up mm-hmm. ditching her for them. So for them, yeah, you know, it didn't it didn't quite go her way at the end, and that's what Issa was telling her. Like when they finally, okay, this is how we skip ahead. Um, so when Molly takes Issa out for her birthday, she's coming to pick her up, and. <laughs> And Nathan walks up with the flowers and she Mm. sends him on the way. She sends him on his way and basically like, no, get out of here. Don't ruin her day or whatever. I absolutely knew Issa was going to be pissed when she found out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anybody that was acting that crazy, anybody that was acting that crazy would not have appreciated him being sent away she would have wanted to know that she probably would have flaked on their plans just to talk to that dude so yeah yeah i don't know if he would have flaked on their plans but i do know that she what she wanted you know above her feelings of being hurt like she wanted to know what happened and Mm -hmm. molly temporarily took that away from her like she she didn't get the choice to say like yes, I will talk to you, but later, or, you know, she didn't get the, ch- the choice to put the whatever, have whatever conversation that she wanted to have with him. And 
I was like, wow, she's going to be mad. But yeah. in the interim, we see Issa going to her interview, trying to get down with the beat crew, which took longer than I thought. I, maybe because I didn't see this whole, what is it, musical? <laughs> I didn't see this whole musical thing mm-hmm. coming. But I always thought, like, the beat crew would definitely be a thing for her. Um, so we'll see if that works out. Well, I... Of course, was happy to see Lawrence back when he made his comeback, but I really wasn't sure what they were going to do with him or them. And there still continues to be this kind of weird dance that they're doing, but we see him enter the episode by uh, sitting down with his dad. So here's a, a, a parent that's being introduced into uh the series we haven't had any background on uh his parents at all but uh no we were talking about Issa's mom you know kind of got introduced via text (laughs) but nothing else um and so I recognized him as dresser from the five heartbeats but he Harry Lennox has been on plenty of shows and in plenty of movies a voice is unmistakable Um, and so he sits down with his dad and he pretty much talks about the fact that you know he has been dating his dad asked him you know how Issa was he says you know we've been talking which is good considering what happened and it's like oh so it's not done done and anybody with relationship experience you know would probably assume the same thing like no if you're done you're not even entertaining conversations. Like you, there's something still there. And Lawrence is like, no, nah, it's done, done. And so he asks him if he's dating and he, you know, starts talking about the women that he has met and how they all have baggage. He, you know, has met women that are demanding, needy or divorced. Now, when he first said it, it didn't, and I didn't even hear it actually. I had to watch it the second time before I heard it. And so, you know, of course, that's going to come back around towards the end of the episode, like, who's divorced? Um, But I thought his dad gave him really solid advice, like, you know, relationships are hard. Relationships take work. And it is not a walk in the park. This is not something And a lot of times, you know, people want to be in relationships, oftentimes until they're really in. (laughs) Then it's like, oh, Lord. I have to be on the upkeep. Like, yeah, there are things that you have to do. And I remember hearing, you know, my parents talk about it and other people's parents talk about work. And I didn't really have a concept other than, you know, going to work. Like, I'm thinking, like, like it's something you have to do every day. <laughs> you know, like that. Um, and the fact of the matter is, yeah, you know, like, we're even talking about this with us and, and Kate and Toby and, you know, like, they're different. They love each other, but something is not necessarily uh, right between them and their individual issues that they have to overcome as well as working as a collective. And so um, I think that it's ironic that Lawrence wants someone with no baggage and no issue when he was the baggage and the issue in his prior relationship. So it's like, oh, you got your stuff together and now you want someone that is pristine and has no no problems. And that just doesn't, it doesn't exist. So not happy with, 
with his outlook, but I, I was happy with the advice that his dad gave him. Yeah. Um, and it's just really weird to me to hear Lawrence and Molly both. Like, <laughs> Molly last season thought her parents' marriage was perfect and she wanted exactly what, you know, she thought her dad was and she wanted the marriage that her parents had until she found out that her dad cheated on her mom like years before or whatever. And then that sent her spiraling into some bullshit with Dro. Um, and Lawrence having this conversation with his dad and being like, oh, you and mom is so great. It's so easy for you guys. I'm just kind of like, how are these super grown people Like, did they, I don't know. Like, how are these super grown people um, still operating under the assumption that anybody is perfect, let alone their parents? Right. You know, like That's because nobody talks to them. Right. Because you think about well, it, parents. Well, a lot of parents, they do. You know, they don't necessarily talk about their issues with their. Well, mine didn't. You know, I mean, the things that you can see and deduce, I guess, as you get older. Um, but even that you only know what you see, you really don't know the inner workings of your parents' relationships. It took me being like a, a real adult well into my twenties to realize like, oh, yeah. I mean, I know my parents aren't perfect, but thinking about them in terms of like me and my friends, I never saw them like that. But at one point in time they they were like us, trying to figure it out. And some parents figure it out and some parents do not. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just, I don't know, like that part kind of, that part just kind of blew me, not blew me away, but it surprised me. Like, I don't see how you're this old and think your parents still have a perfect relationship, no matter how long they've been married. Like, my grandparents are married till they died. I don't think they had a perfect relationship. Um not that I was privy to any drama because I wasn't, but I know that they are people, you know what I mean? And I know that in any personal relationship with people, it's not always going to be easy. And I don't know, like that's just, that was just a little weird to me, but I thought his, his dad's advice was going to, and the rest of the episode, I feel like this whole episode is a setup for next season. Um, and I think we were talking about that a little bit because, you know, after the conversation Lawrence and his dad had, seeing with Chad and Chad is telling him like him and his fiance got back together. And then everybody is, not everybody, Lawrence is stunned about like, how did that happen? And he was like, I did a thing. <laughs> I apologize for a thing. It's over. And <laughs> she took me back. Um, and so I think as viewers, we're supposed to, we're led to believe like all of this stuff will lead Lawrence back to Issa because mm-hmm. of the conversation with his dad. Dad is like, how's Issa? Oh, y'all still haven't gone back together? Oh, you still tripping? Like, this is supposed to be easy. Conversation with Chad, where Chad gets forgiven for his infidelity. Um, and Lawrence is stunned about that. And then, you know, he he's him and Issa have a cool conversation. They're reminiscing over the last dragon and dropping lines with each other. Um, and then he like buys her raisinets and, you know, the whole time we're like, okay, maybe, 
maybe this is gonna be a thing again. Yeah. The season finale, mm-hmm. and then it's not. <laughs> it's not a thing. Lawrence yeah. ends up on a date with somebody else, and Issa ends up at the end talking to Nathan, and then you know enforces some boundaries and putting her life together in the form of her apartment. Um, so I think all of this is kind of like just a setup, and at the at the theater. Uh, not even a theater they're in a cemetery so that's like a double entendre like ghost like not only are they mm-hmm. in the cemetery watching this movie but all the exes are just popping out <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people she used to date molly runs into jared and this is where i was like oh molly really hasn't grown as a person or Mm-mm. yeah no really hasn't grown as a person in three seasons because she runs into Jared. He looks good. She's happy to see him. A guy comes up to Jared and she immediately thinks that Jared's gay. Even Mm -hmm. though he told her like, whatever happened, that was a one-time thing. It wasn't for him. He never did it again. Never thought about it again until they were sharing their little deep, dark secrets. But she immediately right. jumps to, I knew it. I knew my instincts were right. I knew he was gay. And I was sitting there like, Molly, your instincts ain't been right about men in three seasons. Right, right. And I was like, watch that right. be his friend. Watch that be his Don't friend. And it turns out, it's his brother. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> it's his brother and Jared's there with his girlfriend so she Molly ain't been right in three seasons she has not it seems like she hasn't progressed like she still has the one thing that's always worked for her which is work and now that's not really going as smoothly as she wanted either like she's the lead on this particular case which she thought she wanted but now she's the outsider again because she Mm -hmm. has this people to get to where she wants to go and she's been dismissive of all these dudes like jared like sterling's character last season and you know she's still she's always said that she's wanted a relationship but her actions have been not conducive to that for her um so yeah molly has grown the least in three years and so I, I really hope that you know at the end of it she calls Andrew and apologizes for being in the bad space but that's only after Issa read her for Phil and was like you are tripping mm-hmm. um and so when they finally do have that conversation where Molly's like girl and I block and man block or whatever she said and she was like whoo <laughs> she's talking about Nathan and Issa was rightly upset because while you are, you know, looking out for your girl, it's still not your choice about how to handle right. somebody else's business, right? Like, Absolutely. you just tell him, Absolutely. don't go in there and mess this up for her. It's her birthday or whatever, but, like, it's not ultimately Molly's choice. And if she had not have slipped up and said it, then what? Right. Because I think that was... I thought okay you're gonna send him away but maybe on the drive over you're gonna mention it or on the drive back you're gonna mention it i had actually forgotten until it, it did slip out and i was like oh yeah you did you 86 that and yeah 
I thought that was going to turn into something else. I was like, she's going to fight her. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, thankfully, their friendship remained intact. And, um, you know, she got to what she really wanted, which was the actual explanation. Like, you know, what happened? And it was such a crock of shit because anything short of him being dead or dying to her uh, in that moment was going to be unacceptable. Like absolutely was not, she wasn't going to go for any of that. And I probably wouldn't either. Um, now what he ultimately said was, you know, he goes through these periods where he's down or, um, you know, he just needed to be by himself. He's, gets negative and he can't talk to people and, you know, didn't want to put her through that. Now, what it ultimately sounded like to me, um, you know, was some sort of mental, emotional situation, um, in which case that in itself is not a crock of shit, but <laughs> how he rolled that out, I felt like, no, it's not acceptable, but okay. So you are, battling with any of the above in terms of, you know, mental health issue like that. It wasn't clear, but that's what it sounded like um, to me. And for something like that, it's like, how do I punish somebody for going through what they go through? But at the same time, you feel punished because this thing happened to you or you experienced it and you didn't have any knowledge about what was going on. So I felt really bad for her for, you know, having to navigate that. Like, this is somebody you really like um, and you kind of fell in fast with, you thought it was mutual and it might very well be. And he disappears for a month and then shows up with some flowers. Like, I just sometimes have these issues and I don't know what else to say. Like that, that was all he came with. Yeah, um, and I saw some people talking about how Issa's, you know, over deal, her dealing with Lawrence, who very clearly had depression, um, to now her interaction with Nathan, who sounds like he has depression, um, how that, you know, takes a toll on the other person, right? Like, you want to be there, you want to, to be supportive. Like, she couldn't even be supportive of Nathan because he didn't tell her. <laughs> so it wasn't like mm-hmm. she had an opportunity to support him, nor, you know, it, it was too early for that to do so. Like, they had only been hanging out for a short period of time. But it's just crazy, like, how these things affect other people. Um even though, you know, the person going through it, it very clearly affects them and they have to do what they have to do to to make sure they're okay. But if you do struggle with depression, and we've talked about this before um, online, maybe you should say like, hey, I don't even know if you feel comfortable doing that though. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you should say like, hey, so I, you know, sometimes I get into these moods where I, you know, like, I felt like it was an opportunity for him to say something, even though he was struggling with whatever he was struggling with. I don't think that's an excuse right. for him to just peace out. Like, he didn't talk to Ghost. nobody right. for an entire month. I don't, I don't believe right. that because he was, he was cutting hair. Right. <laughs> so right. he could have, like, so had a conversation with her. Right. Because what you're ultimately having a conversation now, right? And so 
Right. And, and I think guys get this twisted in a major way. Like, oh, I, I didn't want to get into it or I didn't know how to explain it. Well, now you have to come up with the explanation that I'm, I, that most times people don't believe because now we're on this side of it. Whereas if you would have said it in the beginning or when you were going through it, even if you prefaced it with, I don't really know how to explain this because it kind of comes out of the blue or whatnot, but I need some time to myself. It's not you, it's me. I, whatever, I'll get back to you when I can. Something. But by trying to avoid the perceived conflict or explanation, you ultimately are going to be in conflict and have to explain. Like, if you care. Now, if you just stay gone, then whatever. But I come in back, it's like, Dude, the very thing you were trying to avoid or the thing you said you, you couldn't do, you now have to do. And we could have avoided this a long time ago. But but now on the other side of this, my feelings have gotten hurt. Like you protected yourself and put me in harm's way. And now we have to do the thing that you didn't want to do anyway. Great. Right. Right. Which is not fair. Um, and... <laughs> It's, it's it's not fair at all, <laughs> especially as somebody who has been in Issa's position. It's not fair because, you know, whether or not her assistance or her support or her being understanding of his situation would help him feel more comfortable or whatever, like he owed her that explanation um, and that conversation instead of just disappearing. Um, mm-hmm. and so I know you mentioned like you felt some type of way about this finale. So <laughs> what what type of way? We didn't really go into detail. You were like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't feel any resolve. I think it was just like what she said. It was a set up for, you know, potentially next season. And I just, I felt cheated out of an episode, I guess. I don't. You know, I watched it twice and I still don't feel <laughs> any better. I'm like, okay, well, we know where Nathan is, but his answer was so unsatisfactory to me. I was just like, I think I would have rather not have known where he was. Um, the only person that kind of, I feel like, you know, there was something that happened that was like, okay, this is satisfactory. Is Molly, <laughs> you know, like you got ditched at work. But then she ultimately, or at least it appears, settled things with Andrew by making the call and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I apologize. This last situation got the best of me, you know, and I'm taking it out on the people I love. And, you know, that moment where he smiles and it's still on the phone, I'm like, okay, that's something. <laughs> you know, but oh, poor Issa, you know, I, I don't know which direction she's going to go in. Lawrence, I think is he's still faking the funk. He isn't. I think he just wants to not go back to Easter. He does not want to be the person that took back someone who cheated on him or hurt him. And even though he clearly still loves her and they clearly still vibe and all of that, I think he is just going to be difficult to his own detriment. I mean, I don't know this other chick and maybe she's dope in her own way. But I feel like, you know, ultimately, if he decides to go in that direction, and even if she is dope, um, that's even worse because I feel like he's going to hurt her 
because that's not really where he wants to be. So, no, I don't, you know, I did not clap it up when the episode went off. I was just like, is that it? And I'll let you know next time. Yeah, it felt very, um, it was a very quiet episode. <laughs> um, I like even it. though they were out at an event. Like, it was very... With the exception of the scene where Lawrence meets up with old girl, who's the girl helping Ethan, it sounds like of all the people in this city, he's going out on a date. I didn't even make the connection that that is that the girl from church. No, no, no. So who was she? So we didn't. So we never saw them go out. We never saw them go out. So that's when when he made the reference to somebody being whatever he said, needy, divorced. Apparently, he was talking about her. I don't know where he met her from, but that was not the same girl. And then, um, you know, of course, she was the organizer of the event. And then you see, I think like when she was talking, like, you know, saying thank you to everybody coming, they flashed Mm -hmm. to him because I watched it the second time, you know, he kind of had this, you know, kind of grin on his face, but like, if you, you know, we weren't checking for it at that point, so you wouldn't have really noticed that. But there was this look of familiarity, and then, you know, boom. Oh, I got a date. You know, after her and Issa meet, and then, and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I know. That's what I was like, in my mind, I was like, wait, that's, the girl from church was like light-skinned with some big hair or something. So I was like, wait a minute. Did they pull a switcheroo? Is this old girl from church? But, Okay. Got it. So yeah, that um that that absolutely was uh the switcheroo um kind of situation there because I, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I think that's the girl from church, and then I was like, oh wait, that's absolutely not the <laughs> girl from church. Right. And there is an absolute new girl situation, and this is going to set up like a new conflict for um you know, for them that doesn't need to be there. Right. It doesn't need to be there. Of all the people in LA, and I, and that's what I tweeted, and people were like, well, that's how it really happens. But I I live in the city, and uh, it does not often happen. <laughs> like, it does not often happen. Especially if you're not moving in the same circles. Like, maybe it happens if you're in the same social circle. But we don't know how he met old girl. We have no clue about how they came together. We don't know anything. We don't know how they're, like, did they meet on Tinder? Did they meet, you know? So, yeah, that that's a potential. Because it sounds like her and Isa are actually going to be working together. Right. Or it's like fast friends, and now they're going to be fast enemies. <laughs> or fast, fast friends turn fast enemies. Yeah, yeah, acquaintances, partners. I feel like maybe friends because I feel like you know eventually it's gonna come out that they dated and Issa. It looks like even though she said she was over Lawrence in that other episode when things were when Nathan first started ghosting her, um, by the movie in this episode she was like bye Lawrence. Like she was, she seemed to be more into him. Um. And so that that definitely puts uh, a monkey wrench in the plans going forward. <laughs> yeah, overall, I thought this season was really interesting. There were definitely some good moments. I, I mean, I don't feel like Daniel. 
I don't know. I don't particularly enjoy how that whole thing went down. Like we, so we never saw Daniel again. He never comes back around again. And I get it. Sometimes that happens, but since they go way back to high school, like that just seems weird to me that she would never bump into him. Um, it's not like she moved super far away. Um, you know, Lawrence makes this triumphant return and we just don't see Daniel. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and they didn't part on bad circumstances because he helped her move and everything. Right. So but I think she was really set on this, you know, new, new. Um, <laughs> she didn't say like new me, but, you know, I just I feel like she was trying to do new things and kind of stay away from. Uh, the types of decisions and even people that she was dealing with that, you know, caused kind of all these problems in the first place. So maybe that was the best thing to do is just kind of cut all ties or maybe he's butthurt because that could really be <laughs> the case as well. Like, I'm not talking to her. I extended myself. I, you know, told her she could stay here and she decided with no job or no real job to go out on her own. I'm through with her. You know, yeah. Who knows what I mean, he's the doing? One thing, the one thing that I liked about last season was that even though Issa and Lawrence weren't together, we still got to see Lawrence's development. And I know Daniel isn't. I guess he's not one of the main characters. Um, he's more of a you know pop in, flow through Issa story character. But I would. I would like to see, and I think that's just because they don't have enough episodes. They only have eight episodes, which is ridiculous. And I know that I saw something from Prentice Penny on Twitter. He was like, it already takes 10 months <laughs> to make this show with eight episodes. So we had to make longer seasons. You guys would have to wait longer. But I feel like the audience would wait longer if we got more content. Like if we were able to have 10. 12 episodes to where the story you know we can develop a little bit more like it I don't know it just feels like this season just started and now it's over yep that's how I feel that's why I'm not excited (laughs) not just that it's over but just away like it's over and it feels like it's over in the middle like it doesn't feel like okay we've gotten to the end of the season we reset the table here's what to expect next year and this episode I feel like nothing the only person who has a new beginning is Lawrence and I guess Issa has a new beginning because she did not like you know when what's his face Nathan was trying to explain about why he was missing like she didn't let him in the apartment and she just wasn't like immediately falling for the okie doke and she didn't call Lawrence or Daniel or or anybody she was like putting her apartment together you know and that could be seen as a a transformational moment too because she's been in flux for the whole series (laughs) so far and now she's in her own place and apparently she hadn't really unpacked and now she unpacks um while reminiscing over the last dragon remix uh you got that glow I was like hey updated the song um you know so is she thinking about Lawrence <laughs> because they shared that moment but you know she's putting her life together and it seems like for the first time we see her 
not just surviving, like not just going to, we got y'all, not just being in this whack relationship, not just trying to do her rotation, even though that's not working, not just trying to make something work with Daniel because that's convenient. But like for the first time in three years and three seasons, Issa seems to be finally taking charge of her life and she's growing. Um, Lawrence, you know, we've watched him go through lots of stuff over these past two years. He seems to be growing, um, even though it's, you know, I don't know what direction he's growing in. Molly, I know she apologized to Andrew, but she's, I feel like that's, those are words. Until I see some actions behind Molly's apology, I'm not buying it. Agreed. <laughs> with all of the above, particularly with um, Molly. I mean, I, I thought the acknowledgement was good because I think she has a hard time accepting when, you know, she's less than stellar and she, uh, like, even with the whole Torian situation, it's just like, oh no, I'm not being shady, but, you know, I just got to do what I have to do to stand out or to get to the place that I want to be. I don't want to be an associate for, you know, for the rest of my career. Um, and so I thought to have heard what Issa said and then to put some action behind it to attempt to resolve, I thought it showed something. Now, of course, yeah, we're not going to bet the farm on her, but, you know, she at least acknowledged it. Yeah, she did, and that's good. But it's just, you know, it's weird. And I think there was a lot of things happening kind of low-key in this season that they, I feel like it was rushed to get wrapped up like the whole relationship Kelly and Tiffany's relationship um Kelly went from feeling left out and like she lost her friend and said I hate why does baby hate me to oh Tiffany named me the godmother of her daughter and it would have been nice to see Tiffany there like it was a movie so I feel like Tiffany could have made it but it would have been nice to see some of that, like see some of their reconciliation on screen, even if it was at the cinema, you know, the movie screening. And she's like, you want to be my baby's godmother or something like that. Um, it just seemed like because the season is so, so short, things just have to get wrapped up or kind of dealt with really quickly and, you know, pushed till next season. Like we still don't know about this whole <laughs> And maybe it's just the audience being overly aware about the Tiffany's baby, like who's the dad? <laughs> because in the end of the season, when everybody's watching Do North, Tiffany wasn't with her husband and Tiffany wasn't with her girls. So that was the thing when they're like, where's Tiffany? Um, and I, I would have liked some kind of something about that, even though the show is not about Tiffany. Um, it's weird to kind of introduce this uh, question and not answer it in the whole season or not even bring it back up at all. Um, so that was one thing. Another thing, where's, where's Daniel? <laughs> Maybe that's a personal choice. I would like to see Daniel uh, at least have some kind of something then like, all right, bye kind of, kind of thing. But I guess, you know, like we were saying about Nathan and his potential ghosting, like sometimes that is real life when people just peace out and that's it. Um, but I would feel like for 
people who had a long history that wouldn't necessarily be it but could be wrong well i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens next season unfortunately it will be quite a while before we see (laughs) but you know overall a cool season um not my favorite but it could be worse so (laughs) and and like you said i think it really is just because it feels unfinished and if it is much like what she described in the wind down you know, as a setup, and we won't really appreciate it until, you know, we're on the other side. So right now, we're just kind of left with what we're left with. And um, next week, we'll be uh, starting a new journey with This Is Us as our anchor show. And I don't know how much longer Love & Hip Hop has to go, but we'll, <laughs> we'll still be keeping up with the antics of the Hollywood crew. And then... Uh, kind of commenting about the other shows that we're watching through the week. Yeah, I don't know how. So I I mentioned that I was going to talk a little bit about my chat with Ray J. I will say that you can read the article up on Essence.com about Ray J and Princess right now. Um, They talk about how, you know, they had some, We as we saw in Love and Hip Hop, him and the Norwood clan, his mama and his sister weren't, you know, seeing eye to eye with his wife. But they mentioned that the baby kind of like brought things together. Um, But one of the things that he did say about love and hip hop was like, so you guys are new parents. Do you, (laughs) does that make you want to be on this show? And he was like, I love it. Like Princess was less sold on love and hip hop. Um, She wants to do like a show with just the two of them. But Ray J was like, I like it. I like, I like being in it. But he also, I don't know if it's because the show is still on the air. He said that there there would be lots more drama and the show gets really dark. <laughs> it goes to a dark place and uh, we haven't seen anything yet. So I don't know how long they got for this season um, because I know New York, Love & Hip Hop New York starts in November. Um, so I guess they have until then. <laughs> It starts like the end of November. So Joe Budden and Sin Sin Santana, I think, are coming back. But now they're coming yeah. back as a couple because they are a couple and they have a baby now. So, right, you know, That's interesting. I don't know if they want to do that because I feel like the show maybe they'll be like the Ray J and Princess, like they're in the drama, but they're not really in like the drama is not about them because. So, you know, at least on social, they look really happy together. So I hope, I hope the show does not change that. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, they'll probably be like Remy and Pat. Like, let's write this into our contract. Don't put us near the foolishness. Like, we'll slide through <laughs> every now and again, but our scenes need to be about us and our family, and we get the rest. Which is yeah, smart. They're gonna be on too, so. They're doing their little three-week special about the pregnancy, and I guess, I don't know. I don't know how far along she is, but I don't think she's far enough to have the baby, but I don't know how long the season lasts either, so I guess we will see. I guess we will see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sticking around with us for our coverage of season three of Insecure. We hope that you have enjoyed our coverage and will continue 
to ride with us as we roll into more TV, as we move into This Is Us recaps, which, I mean, our insecure recaps be going mad long, and, and This Is Us is an hour, so who knows how long this will be. <laughs> we might have to be tighter with our our, our commentary right we, we might have see. to i feel like we might have to well we're busy people so i was like we might have to split the podcast into like reality and then our show but i feel like we're busy if you guys start sponsoring us hello corporate sponsors potential we can do that because then we will have more time and more money but in the meantime if you have any feedback if you have any suggestions if you have any comments questions stuff for us to talk about shows and movies or whatever um for us to watch uh please hit us with an email at hello drunk watching at gmail.com or slide into our inbox on twitter and instagram at drunk watching uh any final words andrea Oh, well, thanks for being with us on this ride. I mean, Insecure is what helped to launch us. So it is kind of bittersweet, but I'm excited about the next chapter. Indeed. Well, until next week, guys, I'm Brittany Danielle. And I'm Andrea Renee. Thanks for listening.